Well, we've been talking a lot about movies lately. Movies out the anus. So everyone's out there talking, what? Why don't you talk about some goddamn TV? Talk about that small screen. Well, you know what? We're going to do just that with this episode today with HBO's newest frontier in the television market, the Jude Law TV show, The Young Pope. We watched it. What do we think of it? What's our first impressions on these first two episodes of this religion thriller? <laughs> well, get our views and, of course, much more on the review. re Uh, well, that brings us to the top of the hour, and as always, the top of the hour brings the main topic of the evening. Fuck, it's not the top Fuck! of the hour. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> but we did check out the first two episodes of Young Poop. <laughs> Starring Yudla, Young Poop. Yudla, Young Poop. HBO's newest newest limited series yes so let's just dive right into it dive in young pope is a story where jude law becomes uh one of the youngest popes <laughs> the pope the pope the he's pretty pope. young yeah if i say his age on it, it's only he's 47 yeah which is relatively young yeah which i've actually heard where there's been younger popes Really? Like, like in earlier years. Sure. Like, like, like in the like second the, pope. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like back then where it was like the, the 30s, like considered like middle age. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. I so, did not like know for that. today's standards, it's a young pope. Young pope. Young pope. Young pope. Young pope. Uh, and it shows. I'm gonna say like not a whole lot happens in the first two episodes. I think. The first two episodes, leave, like, they leave a good groundwork for something that could be really interesting in the in the upcoming episodes. And it, it shows him not even really coming to power. He's already in power yeah. when it starts. And it shows kind of like how he's shaking things up. Yeah. And maybe it wouldn't be as you expect because the first two episodes kind of take you on a little bit of a... A little bit of a roller coaster ride because you think he's gonna be one way, and then he turns out to be another. Yeah, maybe a little bit more unexpected mm -hmm. from where the first episode takes place. The first episode starts very surreal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It very, definitely it opens your eyes a little bit. It definitely engages a the audience bit, a little bit. Opens your for eyes. the positive or negative. Um, if I'm going to set up the opening, you see this baby crawling, this butt-ass naked baby, crawling over a sea of other babies. Yeah. Maybe dead. I don't know. <laughs> and then out of the end of that, like, the camera kind of tilts where you see that was like a mountain of babies. Yeah. And Jude Law steps out from under them and walks... A long walk, 
to the Pope house, I guess what it is. Yeah. Pope's house. I'm really hoping that's just like a lead up to the end of the series. <laughs> Where it's like somehow, <sighs> I hope it somehow leads, like the whole story leads to just everyone just piles their babies in this town. God. <laughs> then, uh, he continues, I, the scene continues to, doesn't it go into like that speech? Yeah, like he dreams himself doing like his opening speech for uh, the Pope. For being Pope, yeah. <laughs> the opening speech of the Pope. Yeah. And uh, it's very uh, modern th- way of thinking. Yeah. Not so much a Christian way of thinking. No. I definitely, I like how the, the first two episodes play off each other, where it begins with him dreaming of a speech and it ends with him actually giving the speech. Yeah. And ha- like how they mirror th- how they mirror each other, but how they're also they also uh bring about similar like they bring about similar uh reactions to Yeah. Yeah, cuz either like both speeches are not the same. They're <laughs> There, you would say the complete opposite, right? Even with environment, yeah, like, yeah, and both speeches give the same mass reaction mm-hmm. <laughs> of just stunned silence. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I like it. Like it, it's, I feel like it's it's a mild criticism on Catholicism in general, where like they almost treat the Pope like a paternal figure, where it's yeah. like, like we. We want to be told what to do, but we don't want to be scolded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the general populace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the all the meat of this episode, or of these episodes, kind of deals with the inner workings of, uh, like, the, the Vatican itself and how yeah. there's, like, cardinals that are high up in rankings mm-hmm. and, uh... How the Pope is like challenging the ideas of a really traditional thinking Vatican system, mm-hmm. and some of that stuff I was into, but I'm gonna say right now I did not like the young Pope. Yeah, I like Chelsea and I like Chelsea told you as soon as you walked oh, in. Oh yeah, yep. Like talking about the young Pope. Yep, I did not like the young Pope. <laughs> And I wanted to be like, oh, quiet. <laughs> I wanted to just bring it up. Because I like surprising you with stuff. But yeah. I I could not get into the show. Yeah. Like, I... From, the tra- from whatever trailers that I did see, like, I felt like the show didn't really follow what I was expecting. But yeah. then I got that out of my mind. And I'm like, I still don't think I can get into the show so much. Yeah. Like it, it, the first two episodes don't really do a whole lot and it doesn't, re- it's doesn't really beat you over the head with religion either. No. Which I thought I like might. that. I like that a lot though. But like, even the way the show is like shot sometimes. Yeah. Like it has interesting, weird choices of angles and shots sometimes mm-hmm. and i feel like the score and music choices are very bizarre at sometimes yeah. most of the times off-putting like that i'm yeah. just like why are they playing this like it's <laughs> it does it's not making me uncomfortable it doesn't really work with the scene it feels like the it's a 
the the director of the or the whole creator of the show yeah isn't like a traditional american filmmaker yeah he's like i think italian yeah so like maybe like pablo something i think Sorrentino. Yeah. and he's like maybe he's taken those sensibilities to mm-hmm. this creating the show yeah but i can't i can't get into it and i i was vividly watching this <laughs> the whole time i didn't like wasn't playing Candy Crush. Yeah. Wasn't doing other shit. Like, I just couldn't get into the show. Like, I don't... I, I didn't care what whatsoever. I hear ya. Yeah, it definitely feels like a like a very acquired taste. Like, it's, it, it's not a very, like, fast-moving, like... It doesn't, like, put a lot of, like, things, like, in the forefront. Like, I feel like... Especially these first two episodes, they feel like a lot of setup for something in the long yeah. run. And, uh... Yeah, if you're not into it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, they're just putting it out there for you, and, like, this is what hooks you, and then if you're not hooked, then just move on to something else. But I feel like they're they're not trying to sell you something that it's not going to be in the long run. Yeah. I feel like, I thought they were going to do more in the second episode to really, like, maybe progress a story a little bit. And they set up little hints, but, like, all that I got from at the end of the second episode was, like, so you hired a cocksucker as the Pope. Like, he's a fucking unlikable douchebag. How did he even get appointed as the Pope? That's the thing. I want to know how he gets there. That's the e- only thing I want to know. I don't even see him as, like, I feel like he's a very, very resentful towards the church. And I want to figure out why he is. Like, the only people he really has any connection to is uh, uh Sister Mary, who's played by Diane Keaton. Yeah. And then, um what's his like he's like the bishop ah i can't remember what what his like last name was but he's played by james cromwell who was supposed he was like supposed to be like they pretty much said that he was supposed to be the pope oh right and then like uh they set up like this conversation with like a bunch of like bishops where they were like yeah what we think his ideals are too progressive so we lean more towards some we we try to like push towards somebody who's younger that we can manipulate and yeah. then he ends up being even more out, yeah. like more like outspoken than he probably would have ever been. Right. So it like makes you think like is he more outspoken because he was taught by him or by like, by uh, by James Cromwell's character or is he outspoken because something happened to him within the church that made him very resentful where he's like lashing out at them now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And like I'm I'm really curious to see like why he's doing all this because like he's I don't know, like he's very interesting like every time like I can understand like being bored with it but like every time he talked to somebody like his actions were so erratic and so like out of left field like anytime he talked to somebody I was enthralled because it was like what the fuck's he gonna do now like when it was like the the head like the the like uh the head of state or whatever, like the guy with the weird mole on his face that I just want to rip that goddamn that, like, milk dud right off his like, stupid wants ass to, like, face. Wants to like jerk off to like that Incan statue of yeah. like fertility. Yeah. <laughs> like uh like anytime he interacts with him or like when he interacted with like the marketing chick or like anybody, like he just you never know what he's going to do. And it's like he has the same reaction as on a, like, like the same facial expression every time. Where, like, you don't know what he's going to do until he does it. And then I love that that, fa- that that factor of it where he's so out of left field in terms of, like, how a Pope acts. 
Yeah. Like, I'm curious to see what he does, like, every time he interacts with anybody. Yeah, I, I did, like, the, um, when he was talking to the, like, head marketing person for the Vatican. Yeah. Where he said that he doesn't want any merchandise of himself. Yeah. He wants the Pope to be, like, a figure that stands for whatever he wants to stand for. Yeah. But he doesn't need to be a sim like he's a symbol in Pope only. Yeah. He's not a face. Yeah. Like you're gonna like even when he does his main speech in episode two, it's at night. He and he's even, yeah. and he's backlit, so he's only a silhouette. He doesn't even want to be a face. Like you think about Muhammad, where like people of like Islam like don't even want don't even want the 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 actual likeness of Muhammad to be portrayed on anything. Right. Like, that's kind of what he's aiming for. Like, he wants to be a deity that seems untouchable. Like, I almost feel like this show is setting up where, like, he wants to make himself God. Like, he put himself... Like, he, he's set himself up to be Pope so that he can be God. Like, he even uh, has that conversation with, like, that priest who does all of the confessions of everybody where he was like, I don't believe in God. Like, I feel like that was him testing the waters to see what he can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Like, it's a very, like, weird character study on, like, what would happen if we put someone in the position of Pope that's just, that's very, I can't even describe, like, very, like, uh, <laughs> like, very abrasive yeah like he has set himself up he's like almost kind of like he's a dick but he's almost kind of smart about it where he's in a very powerful position where anyone can move in and manipulate him and he's not allowing anyone to do that like, right at all even when that uh woman that one uh uh nun comes up that cooks for him and is like oh yes i'll cook you this i'll cook you that and he's like don't ever do that to me again. This is this is an act. This is a professional relationship between you and me. And there's nothing friendly about it. Because oh, Because yeah. you think about it, like she could easily be like, "You should probably do this." And it's like, if you develop that that friendly relationship, who's to say that she won't try and manipulate you in some way to do anything like that? Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. dick move, but it's smart. And yeah, I, but... and I can't I can't look at him and be like, oh, like anything that he does in here, I'm not like, oh, that's just that's just being a dick for the sake of being a dick, like. I feel like there's there's motive behind everything he does. It's just some of it's very abrasive. See, I couldn't get past all that stuff. The, that's the only thing I could see. Like, sure, he was making some points. Like, uh, with that conversation in general, like, you, um, there's a difference between being friends and being... I can't remember what the other term was. But, uh... I, I, I liked it, but I, I was just like... This guy's just so fucking unlikable. Like, I, I get it. Like, you're a dick. I get it. Like, yeah. I, I just can't... I don't know. It's just not for me, I guess. There's... Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, he's unlikable, but there's so many other people around him that I feel even more unlikable. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big... I'm not... As you can tell, I'm not a big church fan. Right. So, like, uh, I can... I can... Oh, I can... Con I can see so much corruption and and like uh heresy and like the the catholic church or just church in general where people put themselves on this pedestal saying god is great but then they put themselves in like but i'm one step below god so i'm 
Not as great, but I'm great too. So you should probably. So like yeah. all that fucking shit about like, especially in Catholicism. Like I, I have nothing against Catholics. Like, I love like it's like whatever you believe is fine. But I feel like in Catholicism, Catholicism especially, where people put themselves in these high positions, saying that that it's it's God, it's like divine intervention that they're in this position. Yeah. So it's like so then what do you so what do what is your position if there's no divine intervention? Like, it's just, so we're just supposed to believe that you're this great power, but you're using God as your means of this great power. Yeah. The, what the, uh, the show it is doing though, is like, kind of like, I always thought the Pope is a very weird position yeah. to have. Yeah. And like, it's, Kind of showing not really the inner workings of that. I th- there was another movie that kind of did it. I think it was uh, oh fuck, what was that Dan like Inferno or something like that? Not Inferno. Oh um, um ah shit. That Dan Brown movie with yeah fucking Tom Hanks in it, the second one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember too. I can't remember. Not the Da Vinci Code. The yeah. other one. The <laughs> one after the Da Vinci Code. I'll probably think of it like as we're talking, and I'll just yell it at you. That's fine. But like, it's such a weird like because it's one of the most powerful positions. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Like even like Sister Mary, like Diane Keaton's just like character. She's just like you. Pretty much control a billion people. <laughs> yeah, like he <laughs> rules over more people than probably fu- like any any like, country. Any country. <laughs> he has the in, like groups of the entire world like answering to him, yeah. which is fucked. Yeah, but like at the same time, like he's not like a. Well, I'm talking real world right now. Like the Pope yeah. now. From what I can gather, is the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Like, he's visited other countries. Like, he's totally humble and all that shit. I know that's not how it's always been. Yeah. Like, going back hundreds of years. Yeah. But, like, I I just... I don't know. Otherwise, that put aside, like... I don't know. Like, the when he did his dream speech in the very beginning, I thought that's how it was going to go. And that's kind of like my mindset when I was actually going into the show before yeah. I even saw it, mm-hmm. that he was going to be a modern, have a modern sensibility about things. Yeah. And when he said it and like everyone like was quiet and like all the Cardinals are like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, like where's this going to go from here? And then it kind of being a dream. And then yeah. he ended up just being really God fear. Well, not God, not even really God fearing, but like, so on the side of religion that he thinks like people should fear God. Yeah. And not like be, have like all showering love blessed upon them at all times. Yeah. Which I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I don't care about that, man. <laughs> like, ah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I just want to see where it goes. Like, I feel like he has, he has motives in mind. They just haven't really, uh, revealed them yet. But I'm really, he's a very interesting character. Like, especially like, the people around him, too. Like, uh, like, uh, like the sister Mary, like, he has such a close relationship with her until she gets to that point where she's, she feels, like, so protected by his love, by his love for her that she just being like, yeah, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that to the point where he's like, bitch, 
Yeah, then he starts being a dick to her. Yeah, you better calm your ass down. Yeah. But it's like, it is. It's like, it's such a powerful position where people can easily take advantage of you. And like, you talked about how like, yeah, the Pope's a really nice guy. Like, how do you know that? Like, yeah, that's I how, don't. That's, that's how they portray. <laughs> and that's, that's, I think this show does a really good, has a really good, uh, does a really good job of showing that to you. Where there's so many people, the minute he moves into the Vatican, where they're so nice to him. And he's like... Bitch, I know what you're up to. Yeah. And then, like, they show on the outs, and they and they show like outside of talking to him, where they're like, "You better dig some fucking dirt on him," because they're like, they're, he's pretty much catching on to the fact that we're just, we're just trying to fucking use him, like, like a position like that. It's fucking groundwork for being used. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't know what his motives are just yet, but I think that's main reason why he's being a dick to everybody is he doesn't want anyone to move in on him and be like, like, well, you know, you, you did do this for me. So you kind of owe me a favor. Like he's, he's keeping his distance from all these people that he doesn't trust. And that's why he's keeping people like sister Mary so close is because he knows he can trust them. But then when it feels like he can't trust them, then he lashes out a little bit. Yeah. Well, he doesn't like really trust anybody except for like, I don't even know, know if he really trusts that guy that he even was uh, confessing all that stuff about. Or like, no, he doesn't. Like, when he's up on the roof and, like, he pretty much just has a guy who hears all the confessions all day just spill yeah. his guts to him. Yeah. And, like, get all this dirt about everybody else in the Which is all, fucking like, it's, Vatican. It's hilarious. Like, imagine how guy, how powerful that guy would be by himself. Right. But, like, he's so, he's so committed to the church that it takes the Pope to be like, okay, you're going to tell me, and I'm going to use it. <laughs> Which, like, he's so fucking, like, that's why Catholicism is so fucking interesting to me. Because there's those people there that are so drawn to it that they're like, well, it's the Pope. I can't say no to the Pope. Yeah. But it's like, dude, if you use that information by yourself, you could rule ass. <laughs> rule ass? <laughs> but he won't yeah. because he's so, he's so committed to the church by himself. Which, like... He's probably, like, the most noble person you can think of that he would take all this information and hold it near and dear to his heart. But then the Pope moves in and he's like, well, you should probably tell me that. And even even he's even hesitant about it, but it's like, well, he's the Pope. I can't say no to the Pope. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to kind of see that hierarchy, like, especially, like, how they interact with each other. Like, anytime it's, like, a priest and a bishop, it's very formal and it's very, like, you're mad, like, uh, like, like, very, like, divine one, blah, blah, blah. Like, very, like, formal titles. Like, very formal uh, interactions. But then yeah. it's, like, bishop to bishop. Then it's, like, dig some dirt up on this motherfucker. We gotta <laughs> fucking take his ass down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, if there's if there's any kind of, like, class difference, like, it's formal. But if it's, if you're on the same class, it's, like, let's cut the bullshit. We want this fucker gone. And, like, I like, I like the idea of that where, like, they need to keep... Like, even between themselves, they keep up the the pageantry of it all. But when it's like, dude, we know what this is. Let's cut the bullshit. This Pope sucks. We need to dig up dirt on him. <laughs> and I like the idea of all that. <sighs> and this fucking, he smokes. <laughs> it just makes him look that like even more of a awesome dick. That was awesome, too. That whole line that he had where he was like, where it's like, you can't smoke in here. And he's like, oh, really? Who said that? Uh, John Paul II. Oh, he's the Pope, right? Yeah, well, I'm the Pope. Like, <laughs> what's what's the stop? And then the whole dick line where like the marketing chicks like, "Can I smoke?" And he's like, 
No, John Paul II said you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that! It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, one of the things I did like, though, is when uh, he was talking to um, James Cromwell's character. Yeah. Like, near the end of the second episode. Yeah. I really liked that, because that was, like, the only character that he talked to that he still looked looked like he had respect for. Yeah. And I, I liked that he just showed up a little vulnerability there yeah. rather than just being like a stone faced. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Like, yeah. Time. With like, with sister Mary, like I feel like there's definitely a respect there, but he still won't let her get away with anything. I feel like with James Cromwell's character, like he'll let him get away with anything. Like yeah. even when, even when it comes to like him being like, just quit being Pope and then I'll be Pope. And then he's like, yeah, but, you know, I don't know if that'll work. Like, yeah. he's like he's even, like, thinking about even doing it. Like, he has so much respect for him. And I just love his relationship between both Sister Mary and James Cromwell's character, where, like, even though he has so much respect for him, like, James Cromwell's character has so much fucking disdain for him. Like, he, yeah. he is, like, the living embodiment of, like, fucking bitterness. Yeah. He is... A bitter motherfucker. Like, when he found he wasn't Pope, he tried to kill himself. Yeah. (laughs) That's how fucking bitter he is. And I just love the idea of that, where, like, he loves him so much, but he fucking hates him so much. Yeah. And just to see that, like, that interaction with each other, like, he, he legit wanted to give him, like, the highest position outside of Pope, and he's like, nope, I want to be Pope. Yep. Go fuck yourself. Take your, <laughs> take your fucking title and shove it up your ass. I'm Pope. I'm going to be Pope now. Yeah. Like, oh, I love... Like, that could lead up to so much fucking cool shit in the be- in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that was my... That was the most interesting conversation that I liked in the whole thing. But um, otherwise, I wasn't into the show. Couldn't get into it. Right. And fair enough. Like, I, I'm not... Like I, 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 I don't know. Like I just the minute I got it, I, I was I was pretty enthralled with it. Like the dream sequence did kind of throw me off in the beginning, because it, just because like I just I feel like dream sequences themselves just kind of cop outs to be like, we're we're setting up themes and blah blah blah. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not so much into that. But once they actually started getting into like his day to day life as the Pope, like it became I was like more and more interested as it went along. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you, if you give it a grade, what would you give it? Oh, man, like, it's hard to do it without seeing it all, but I'll give it a strong B. Like, I definitely, I'm definitely interested, I'm gonna watch the rest of it for sure, I wanna check it out as, as it plays out, but I think Jude Law's character, for as dickish as he is, is very interesting, and definitely Sister Mary and James, James Cromswell's character are also super interesting, I wanna see where... If they, I hope they do flashbacks to kind of like set up, like all their intentions in the long run. Yeah, but de- uh, oh, solid I B. Yeah, I don't even think we mentioned before that. Like, also he's American. Yeah, first American pope too. Lenny, <laughs> hi Lenny. <laughs> Pope's name is Lenny. Um, <laughs> I think I would give it like a C minus, maybe even a D. Like I just uh-huh. wasn't it. I wasn't into it. I do want to know, though, how he does get elected, I guess, as Pope or appointed as Pope. I'll let you know. Yeah, that's all I want to know. I just need to be told how it happens because it, it seems like it shouldn't ever with how much of a dick he is. So that's it. Young Pope.
Young Pope. Young Pope, you law. You law, Young Pope. Uh, so, other than Young Pope, yes. Is there anything else you've been into this last week, JT? Go. Well, I uh, I saw the movie Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh, really? The Meryl Streep uh, hates Trump. Right. <laughs> movie, and I really dug it. Oh, okay. I dug it a lot, actually. Like it's a, uh, it's actually based on like a true story about this woman who had an awful, awful, awful fucking voice, but like she had a like a she had like a husband who like loved her so much that he actually would like pay large rooms of people to like just tell her how great she is. Oh, like to the point where she became so ambitious, where she booked herself to play at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> For a bunch of troops, and Jesus. like you kind of see how how like that plays out in the end. Okay, but I don't know. Like it, it was like a like for for as delusional as she was. Like I thought it was a really inspiring film, uh-huh. especially with the guy that plays like her, that's her uh, pianist. Like uh, I think he's like a I think I've seen him like on Big Bang Theory. Like he's like the darker haired guy. Okay. Um. They he all like have plays like her. Dark hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like he's like more like, like blacker hair, but uh, like yeah, like he he's like he's not he's not like, considered like the best pianist in the world, but like because he plays like softer for her than everyone else who's like trying to show off, he like and hires him to be his pianist, and then so when they actually do play Carnegie Hall, it's like you have two people that have no right to play at Carnegie Hall, <laughs> playing at Carnegie Hall, but it it doesn't focus so much on the fact that they're that. They shouldn't be there. It's on the it, like focuses more on the fact that they are there, uh-huh. and like they're essentially like living their dream at that time, and it's it's really inspiring to like see kind of like see that where it's like they're in front of a huge crowd at a very established theater, like that's it was really cool. Right on. And man. like, uh, like her husband played by Hugh Grant is like really weird like their relationship is really weird where it's like he has a mistress but then he still loves her so much that he does all this stuff for her and he even knows that he has a miss that she even knows that he has a mistress so like their weird relationship and seeing how that works was really interesting like i really enjoyed florence foster jenkins a lot huh all right so i'd say definitely check that out also revisited the movie reservoir dogs oh yeah really dug it still good god damn it (laughs) man for so long, it's between that and Memento was like my favorite movie of all time. I'd say. Oh really? Because Reservoir Dogs is fucking fantastic. It is really good. And like, when I watch it, I realize for the first time that uh, the the argument between Mr. Pink and Mr. White about the tip uh-huh. is the exact same argument they have about taking Mr. Orange to the hospital. Really? Where it's like Mr. Pink being like, "It's not my fault that they don't get paid enough." And then Mr. Yeah. White being like, they need your tips because they need they need that to live. Mm. It's just it's essentially <clears throat> the same it's the same fucking argument, only waitress tips, man's about to die. <laughs> and I just I love that. Like it's like that foreshadowing, like it's oh it's so good. I love Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I think I saw it again like the last time I saw it was like a year ago, and I was like, Man, this is really good. That's so good. And then when they like even though it doesn't have to tell him he tells him that he's still a cop at the end and yeah. where it's like he still gives him that choice yeah oh it's so fucking good it's really good reservoir dogs is amazing yep 
And uh, for no reason at all, I watched, I rewatched Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh yeah, like the Coen Brothers. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, I'm not like super into the story, but the fucking music in it is fantastic. Yeah. I st- I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through, but the music in it oh, is really good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. And me and Molly have been watching a lot of Community. I've been wanting to watch that. Chelsea was telling me right before we started recording that we tried to start it a while ago and she just couldn't get into it. So I kind of just stopped pressing the issue. Yeah. Community is like, especially like in the first season, like it takes them a while to get their legs. But once they do, like they go off the rails in some pretty fucking awesome ways. That's the show that I always heard that like geeks should watch. Not like Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But they should watch Community because they go off and like totally weird things with yeah. what you were saying like like they do like weird easter eggs where it's like like you don't get all of them but the things but the ones you do you were like oh my god it's all, <laughs> yeah. like there's like uh like just one not too long ago i saw they had like one where one of the one of the people in the study group uh she brings her ex-husband who's played by malcolm jamal warner yeah and he wears this really crazy fucking sweater and, like, one of them runs into him, and he's like, hey, nice sweater. He's like, yeah, thanks, I borrowed it from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, weird, like, Easter eggs like that, where it's like, you're not going to get everything, but with the ones you do get, you're just like, yes, I get it. Yeah. I love you, Dan Harmon, I get you. There's uh, there's a ton of fucking community Easter eggs. There's, like, a whole video on YouTube about them or whatever. Yeah. Like, even to a point where, like, in three different seasons, they say Beetlejuice once, and, like... The third time they say it, like, three seasons later, Beetlejuice walks in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, like just crazy shit like that. That's yeah. like, they just made sure they paid attention to. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's great. Oh, man. I have to, I have to get on it then. It's so good. Really it is so it. good. Like, I, I, I will say that it is a little hard to get into just because the first season is very cookie cutter. Yeah. Like, they do try and do, like, this whole, like... Will they, won't they with Joel McHale and uh, Gillian Jacobs character to the point where like in the se- like the first episode of the second season, like the uh, one of the characters is like, I hope I hope they just drop this and we just get- end up in uh, a bunch of hijinks with the group all together, which they do <laughs> after that episode. <laughs> and it, uh, it's so good. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to I'm gonna get on it. I got to jump on something Dude. else. Um I actually watched the movie Hidden Figures this last weekend. Ooh. Uh, it's been number one in the box office the last couple weeks. It has been. Uh, overtook Rogue One, finally. Rogue One's only been in there for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it got overtaken by another space movie. <laughs> right? Uh, it's good. It's an amazing tribute to these women that were really in the 60s helping with the space program or whatever. Yeah. I don't feel like it's the strongest movie ever. Okay. It is good. Um, A lot of stuff is pretty predictable in it. And I don't know in real life if they actually knew each other at all. Yeah. But it seems like they carpool the work all together (laughs) and all this shit. And (laughs) some uh, character, like, of the three main characters in it, it really focuses on just one. And I, I can't remember all their names right now. I should have wrote them down, but I didn't. But um, but it, it was good. Yeah. It was good. At the first half of the movie really 
like beat you over the head with like segregation stuff. Oh yeah. With like whites only, coloreds only kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Almost to the point where like, okay, I get it. Like <laughs> I know this was a thing back then, but holy shit, like you're focusing on it a lot when I feel like you should just focus more on like con- getting the story across and yeah. it would yeah. so I could feel more for these characters or whatever. But but it was really good. Really good. Right on. Um, also been reading a lot more Fables. Almost done with that. Oh, shit. God, Fables is so good. Like, they... I just realized that, like, of all the books that I read, like, I've read a lot of great things, but, like, Fables really just swings for the fences on a lot of stuff. Where they, like, introduce, like, this bad guy, like, issues and issues and issues back, like, five traits back on how he's going to be this biggest deal... And then one guy will just take him out. And then they'll just continue on with their story. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. And like, <laughs> it's it's great. And like, you feel for characters you never thought you'd ever feel for. Like, Little Boy Blue is like the biggest hero in this whole story. <laughs> and like, the frog prince, the, the prince who turns to the frog and he yeah. kisses him or whatever, he turns to a prince. Yeah. Is like this, ends up being like a super noble, like king of this whole like different fucking make-believe castle village oh, shit it's great it's great and it and it when it first starts you think you're only gonna follow like the big bad wolf and snow white yeah. but like maybe four books in like it definitely focuses on other characters oh, cool. and like gets them kind of like doing their own thing to the side when you follow more other characters doing their own shit. It's, yeah. it's great. Like, yeah, like there's so much potential for fairy, for fairy tales and stuff. Like I'm glad that they actually go like journey out and try and experiment with a whole lot of other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh snow white. I don't know if this is actual canon. It must be, but she has a sister named Rose red. Yeah. And she's a huge part of the book. Especially there's like a traitor's red that's called Rose Red and it's all about her. And it's really good. Like it tells uh, I think it has like their whole backstory. And I don't know how true it is or whatever. But I was going to bring this up when before when you said something about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves like it gives like a backstory on that story. Yeah. And like how like the dwarves weren't as Disney friendly as they are shown in the Disney movie, but, like, they made Snow White their slave and essentially had their way with her every night. Like, crazy rapey well, stuff. Yeah. Well, there, there's seven small older men. There's got to be at least two or three perverts in there. There's a scene where they're all watching her make her scrub the floor and says, like, I'm having my turn with her tonight. God damn it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is dark. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, anyway, Fables is good. All so right. going on with that. Uh, Chelsea and I started watching the Hulu show, The Wrong Mans. And it's the... Uh, James Corden did it. Okay. Before he got his own late show. Yeah. Like, uh, four years ago, I think, with one of his friends. Yeah. It's really funny. Right on. Um, I think it only goes two seasons, and it's only like eight episodes a season, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's like him and his buddy wrote it and produced it, and I think... Made, I don't know if they directed the episodes or not, but it takes like... It, it rides a line between, like, action-y, kind of, like, 
thrillery stuff and mixes in comedy with it yeah. and it does it really well yeah i like it a lot nice. like i'm gonna definitely finish it out sweet like there's like a scene where they uh they like capture somebody who's after them in this office building and they're the guy they captured <clears throat> that they think is gonna kill him is like because he got his mouth taped or whatever so he's like so he's like what do you want he's like I gotta go to the toilet. <laughs> and so the next scene you see is like James Corden walking out in a shopping bag full of shit, <laughs> trying to hide it. <laughs> anyway, that's just st- the stupid shit humor. But um, also have been into a new podcast lately. Oh shit! I heard uh, somebody from Cracked mention it. Yeah. And how does this get made? But it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Yeah. And it is hilarious. Each episode's only about 30 minutes long. All right. And it's about this guy in the UK, his 60-year-old dad, whose pen name is Rocky Flintstone, <laughs> just started writing a porno novel called Belinda Blinks. And it is very poorly written. He uses very anatomically correct verbiage. <laughs> and he reads it chapter by chapter every episode with his friends and they do commentary on the chapter oh awesome it is my new favorite thing until i get caught up this is like my obsession now it's so good chelsea even likes it like i put it on in the car i'm like i found this new podcast you need to listen to an episode and she's like upset when i listen to one when she doesn't get to listen to it yeah it's great my dad wrote a porno it's amazing that's awesome. But yeah, that's all I've been into this last right week. On. It's a lot of stuff, Troy. A lot of stuff. Good. Hopefully I plan on finishing Fables. I got a four-day weekend. Oh, shit. Kind of. I'm going to go out and visit Spencer 9000 gotcha. this weekend. So gotcha. we'll see how it gotcha. goes. Gotcha. Well, JT, people want to get you. Where can they do that? They can get me. <laughs> At Bucky for Everyone on Twitter. Also, Bucky for Everyone on Instagram. And you know what? Snapchat as well. You can find me at Troy the Max on Twitter. You can find us both at Off Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you have a Facebook, we are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Off Topic Podcast. You can find all of our episodes, past, present, and the future, on soundcloud.com slash Off Topic Podcast. And if you're into iTunes, hey, won't you? Find us on there. Subscribe. Come on over. Give us a rating. <laughs> review us. We'll read on the show. If you're into Google Play, boom. Guess what? We're on there as well. Do you it. You can't get rid of us. Come on. We're if everywhere. Have, <laughs> if you have something you want to say that may be over 140 characters, you can do so at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Review review, spelled just how it is in the title. And if you haven't noticed, in the stream as of late, JT has been putting it to himself. That he's uploading a second version of the show, just the review portion. Mm-hmm. Trims the fat. Yep. A lot of people out there saying, man, you're putting out long eps. Yeah. So what he did, on his own accord, Yeah. which I applaud, well, JT. Th- thank you. Thank you. Uh, he's been, he re-edits the show and just puts up the the topic of the, uh, topic of the evening. That's it. Just fast forward to the top of the hour. That's it. You want to get to the top of the hour, boom, you're there. Right there. So it's great. Yeah. People have been responding to it. Really? They love it. Good. The numbers are in. They love it. 
<laughs> so yeah, check that out. That drops. Uh, the full episode drops the day after record, and then the edited version drops sometime the week, the, the next week, the following week when I find time. <laughs> um, usually Monday, Tuesday, or yeah. so before yeah. the next episode drops. Yes. So there you have it. Yes. JT, what a show! What a show! Young Pope. Young Pope. What a show! Next week, Troy, are you are you gonna do that? La La Land. I'm going to see if I can go see La La Land. Okay, good. I've already seen it. Won't spoil anything. Okay. Won't spoil anything. Won't spoil it. <laughs> Great. La La Land. Did you get that calendar yet? Ah, shit. I'm going to get it. Get that calendar, Joel. I've got this whole weekend, so I'm going to... Oh, I'll get it this weekend. Make it a good one. I'll find it. I'll find a good one. Put up them events. Yep. On there, baby. Find yep. Get them. Get them good good shows Get them good shows Get them good shows well that's a show good show that's a good show for this week it's a good show uh so yeah join us next time where we will be reviewing la la land la la land uh until next time i'm short of the max extreme i am jd3k and we are off <laughs>